Happy New Year's. Happy New Year. Happy, happy New Year. Um, this is a good, this is the beginning of a great year. We've had a lot of good prophetic words about this year, and we're actually in a great position uh, to see the Lord do some incredible things, things that he wants to do, things that he wants on his heart. And um, I just want to make sure I'm always in this alignment with agreement with him and what he's doing. And um, I want to, you know, like when you're in Boy Scouts or something like that, you know, they, they hang in there and do the tough things because what? They want to get the award, you know. And um, that's actually not a bad thing. And there are awards and rewards concerning eternal things. It's not a vain thing. I didn't figure that game out. The Lord Jesus did. And there are, there's a promise to receive crowns and things, things we think, what am I going to do with that? You know, that kind of stuff. What would you do with that in heaven? But regardless of what we whether we comprehend it or not, those things are set in place. And I remember uh, one of the teachers, his name slipped my mind at the moment, that talked about whole realms, especially South America, different places, and the churches there, that they began to instill in their people the concept of eternal rewards that there are rewards and there are things to gain that are beyond this life and that you should live, you live for that and get your eyes set on that and all these things will be added. You know, back to who Jesus promised. Don't worry, all this stuff will be added. Seek ye first the kingdom and seek eternal things and get your eyes fixed on that. And if you, you're very blessed if you have the ability to believe that that exists because many people don't. They don't believe that it exists. So their, their lifestyles look totally different. We try to fix them, but if you don't have that, a true faith that it matters what you do, how you live, what you believe, if you don't believe it matters, then I can't, threaten you to live differently. Like there's this other, it doesn't matter, so you find, they will find a way to cheat, find a way to get around that. They'll just live in a, there's a separation and we get frustrated with it, but it's like, if you don't have that, then you're not going to live according to that. So don't be dismayed at others that don't have that vision and focus of eternal things and the reward of eternal things. And um, my, my grandson, being full-blown three-year-old, three-and-a-half-year-old now, um, we, Chris, this was the Christmas that kept on giving. That we had so many Christmases, we all lost count, okay? And uh, all of us, I know in our little group, were like, Whoa, that was exhausting. You know, we thought, oh, we'll break it up. It'll be better. You know, there was, there was Christmas at home and Christmas at Mimi's house and Papa's house and Christmas at other Mimi house, Papa's house, Christmas at Karen and Chris's house. There was, you know, there were like four or five we, our little ones were subjected to. All great fun, great gifts. And so Wednesday evening, Ashley dropped the kids off for a little while so they could do something. And uh, so we got to see them again after, I think Sunday morning was the last we saw them. And, um, and Jace, once they left, he got settled in, and, he, and Phyllis and I were sitting on the, on the love seat and talking, and he looked at us, and he said, have any more presents? <laughs> so first off, I, I, I wasn't upset with him, and he said it so sweetly, but it was like I'm thinking, if you come from my mindset, that's not a good thing to say. That's, you know, we've made so many comments and condescending comments often about all the gifts and all the stuff. I know, you know, if you're even a little bit Christian and there's a little bit of a religious in you, you've gone like, oh, this is ridiculous, right? Right? Yeah. Am I just alone? No, no. We've all done that. Like, oh my gosh, you know. And I was, 
I was like I said, I wasn't upset, but I didn't perceive that as a good thing. I perceived it as a, oh man, yeah, of course, that's what I was afraid of. You know, that that kind of thing was in is in my mind. I wasn't confessing it. It was there. I'm confessing it now. And I, it it impacted me, and I'm I'm walking around the a little later. I'm just met, con, I'm contemplating what he said and did, and the look on his face, and I went. If I looked at the Father, if I looked at Jesus and said, do you have any more presents today? He would not have a problem with that. Because he does have more gifts for you. And more things to give you. And more of his presence to give you as presents. And loves to watch you unwrap them. Isn't that what it's all about? As soon as you're done unwrapping, you're on to, you know, like, he loves to watch us unwrap our gifts and our presents. Because you have to unwrap it. You have to unpackage it. You've got to be patient for three seconds while mom or dad or somebody cuts the plastic ties. You know, you, you've got to wait. It has to get unwrapped and revealed and released. And, but, but the gifts and the oncoming is like, wow, 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 wow. What a... What a great, great thing. And I know how much the Lord wants to give and bless us in these days. We were listening to um, Johnny Enlow. Wow, just so good. Um, he's always good. And uh, this last one that he did, and him and his wife Elizabeth, and she's just a sweetheart if you've not seen the two of them together. They're just a picture of, aren't they? They're the, just a beautiful, sweet, very spiritual couple. Like, I, I, I really appreciate both of them. And, and uh, they were doing this last one on, uh, usually it's Friday, so it would have been, um, it would have been from last Friday. And um, he's sharing things, and, and, he, and he, he's very connected. He's very prophetic, but he's also, which he doesn't flaunt that, but he, he also is, I've learned a while, I went, you're, you know things, you're connect, you hear things other than, so he's, and, and he talks openly about it, like, the prophetic has to come first, and you've got to separate and be careful, but there, there's nothing wrong with being connected and hearing things and knowing things, and, uh, and so, just like we do, some of us, uh, uh, we listen to things and have found patriots that are giving good information and, and, and all of that stuff, so there, it's become very common, it's a big deal because it's so such a revelation from the, uh, the Matrix movies, the red pill, blue pill thing. And I, I laughed. He called, you know, we always call the mainstream media and fake news and whatever the big, the big name. And, and he said, their ratings are so bad that there are many, many people on Telegram and, and some of the other um, social media groups that have a greater following than CNN right now. And some of the other, they've, they've lost. I mean, they are dropping like rocks in a lake with their credibility and with their viewership. And uh, so he, he's like, they're, they're, he didn't call them the mainstream media. He said they're the blue, blue pill media. Like, you, you listen for a minute, you go, oh, yeah, yeah, everything's the way I think it is. Like this, imagine, you know, it's like, it's not the reality, it's not real, but it's, it's the illusion of what's going on. And it's so easy to get into that because you're like, I don't want to be, like, affected by anything. I don't want to see stuff. And, and he's like, and I agree, too. It's not a good thing because we need to awaken. We need true awakened and awakened to the truth. So he's talking about that, and then he makes this illustration. With that illustration, he takes it one step further, and he talks about the silver pill. And I'm like, the silver pill? And, and he refers to the pill of redemption. And the pill of redemption, the, the Jesus pill, as refined by fire, it is also, it is just like, it is a pill. It is, you take in Jesus and the Spirit, and your eyes get open. yeah? You start seeing through a different lens. And it was really awesome. He took it, took it to that, he refers to that. And then his wife, Elizabeth, they shared their time together with Steve Schultz. And, and uh, she, just, she takes off with uh, the, the neatest thing. Uh, with Psalms 82, and uh, you can turn there with me. I'm going to, to go through this. And she aligned it and likened it to, she said she'd been studying, and this is the year 5782 in the Hebrew cal calendar. 
And uh, uh, Kevin has brought that forth. Like we went from the, the season of, of, of the eyes to this, the, of the breath and the mouth. And, and like this, this is, these are the years. Last year, this year, are the, uh, the, they're the year of the mouth, of speaking, of de declarations are so, so important. And um, she said, I likened them to psalms. She said she made a connection with the psalms in the 70s, 70, 71, 70, da, 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 with preceding. And now we've gotten to 57, 82, 81, 80, 80. And she started connecting them to the psalms, 80, 81, 82. And this year, Psalms 82, she said that's what she feels the Lord's highlighting. So, in, while, um, while Johnny Enlow was talking, he's referring, and there's so many things going on behind the scenes. We're living in this world that we know everything is upside down, nothing's true. We have a, we have a fake president. A lot of the patriots call him the resident, not the president, like he's just in the place. Um, Robin Bullock's a little more blunt about it and calls him a jackal um, from the Lord, you know, without with conviction. Like he's, he's an imposter. He's, they, you know, they've stolen this place. He's just in there as an imposter. And, and so what we don't see sometimes is there are other things going on, big things that are going on. And Johnny Enlow has begun to say for the last month or so, he said, President Trump has no more power right now on the world scene than, is if, is, than if he was only the president of the United States, if he was actually in the seat. And that this interim of time before he returns, he is able to do things that he could not do if he was in that seat. That he is busy at work and connected, and, and there it's just, yeah. I mean, it goes way beyond what you can comprehend. And I'll read other sources and realize there are thing, people being arrested that you and I don't even know their names, but they're big players. They're people that are hard to get to, and they're captured and they're taken. And these are, it's like we have names of leaders and people were like, oh, they're corrupt. But there are people beyond them in the shadows. And I've realized a while back, we're throwing out names and this person's bad and that. It's like, there are people that are unseen that are controlling things that are in the shadows on purpose. And they're, they're truly the puppet masters and they're after them. They've got to pull, that has to be pulled down. Johnny Enlow, as an example of that, I'm like, wow, this is good, solid proof of that. There is a, an, an international criminal court, I believe it's in the Netherlands, station in the Netherlands, that has to do with crimes that are, that are in this international globe. And the Nuremberg Code would be affiliated with them, like they're the ones that would enforce what we know as the Nuremberg Code. And after the fall of Ger Germany, the Nuremberg trials went on for years. And people that were complicit in the, th in the murder of Jews and all of the different atrocities, if they would say, for example, while they personally were under in trial, that if someone ordered them to do that, they would be like, it doesn't matter, you did the crime. We're gonna get them too, but you, you're responsible because you knew it was wrong to do this thing. And we're going to, re I believe, we're going to revisit the Nuremberg trials. I believe they're going to come back again. And this would be the court where those things are going to take place. We're going to see that carry on beyond this because there are a lot of atrocities. There are people that are violating major, major laws. When people are talking about the mandates and the fear of them and they're making them take the vaccine and this COVID shot, et cetera, I'm, I always tell them it's illegal. Just be clear, that mandate is illegal. It's never okay. It's, it violates the Constitution. It's illegal for them to do that. They count on the fact that it takes time for a trial, to, someone to file a charge against them and for it to come back around for them to actually get indicted about on it. We know the wheels of justice move slowly. And so they don't care about how bad it is. They're hoping that they can, but if they commit the crime, that they can get to the door before the judicial system catches up with them. 
and they're, they're playing big, big time gambling. This is Las Vegas gambling with their lives and with their whatever. So they do things that are blatantly wrong, but on counting, they're going to get away with it. I learned this a while ago, and it was Johnny Enlow that just kind of opened up eyes to this play that's going on with demonic forces and, 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 and bad, uh, you know, the, God, the, the force of the powers and principalities that we see in Ephesians 6. We're so used to those, and we're like, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against princes and powers and principalities. And so we've gotten, it's kind of common to say it. And we go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not fighting with people. I'm, not, it's, I'm fighting with these powers and principalities. Did you ever stop to think what they actually are and what it actually looks like? And if you actually could perceive those entities, what they are. And Lucifer being the head of that, I've come to the conclusion, this is Rick's conclusion, that they believe they can beat the system, that they can, believe, they can beat God's law. They can, they're, they're playing, it's like we go, it's written. I know the end of the book. Well, they know the end of the book too. But what if they don't believe? What if they believe if they do the right things in the right fashion and the right way, the right timing, that they can, they can bypass it? They can beat it. They can beat the justice that's coming. They can beat that. I believe they're fun. Like, why would they do this? These spirits, why would they do it if they know they're going to lose? I think maybe they believe this would be Lucifer. <laughs> This would be his main thing, right? Deception and believing that he's above God. And he may still be trying to prove that. He may still be trying to find a loophole that he can eliminate us and, and get us exempt. Get us to separate ourselves from the Lord. And that's the battle we always face. Because you, created in the image of God, we are such humble beings in comparison with the big picture, aren't we? Have you ever had those moments where you go, oh my God, I'm, I'm really small. I'm smaller than I thought I was. I might even be insignificant. Like, have you ever been in a massive, I, and on January 6th, I got the privilege of being in the midst of, the numbers are coming out now, there probably were a million people there. Have you ever been in the midst of a million people? You can't stop looking and everywhere, Every, to be in a situation, a place where everywhere you look is a mass of people, as far as you can see this way, and as far as you can see that way, and as far as you can see that way, it was, it was such a surreal situation. And, 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 and to realize how small, you were so small, and, but, but two things, you were made in the image of God, and I believe even even angelic, and you know, they, they look and they, they, they realize and recognize, we look at ourselves in a mirror and go, oh, oh no, I don't see no image there. Not, you know, not, not a good thing. But what they see, they realize you're made in that image, you look like him. And then his redemptive touch releases you from the power of sin that would kill you and eliminate you and disqualify you. You take on, you eat and drink the redemption of Jesus. Yeah? And it's so real, it puts you back in this place where you have the authority in Jesus' name to overpower them even the powers and principalities. So each one of us are very dangerous to that realm if we become enlightened about who we are and what we are. And if we can keep from eliminating ourselves, from, no, the, here's the better word, disqualifying ourselves on the way. Because there are so many pitfalls 
So many things that pull you away, distract you, get offended, get hurt, get, get you know, this, this stuff that happens to our soul. And, and the worst about it is if it can separate you from the Lord, not on his part, but on our part, if it separates you, you lose that power. If you lose that connection, then you're not dangerous anymore. And, and, and it's like, we're, we wrestle against them, but not hopelessly. We can stand against them. Now, we don't have eyes to see very well. Most of us don't. What we accomplish when we pray, when we praise, when we release a hallelujah. If we did, we might do it a little more. If you realize that you in faith breaks through things. And I, I've learned to trust in the prayers that I pray. Just trust. Don't wait till you feel it. Don't wait. Don't analyze yourself. Just do what you feel led to do and walk, walk away. Walk on. And see what happens behind you after what you've done. You feel you followed the Lord and done, done what, he, what he wanted. Because you're made in his likeness. And then Jesus redeemed you and gave you something that even the angels can't access. I think we'll spend the rest of eternity. That's one of the things why we won't be bored. We'll be discovering the revelation of what we had and what we became and what, what we were given through Jesus. A, to verify that things are going on and though we feel like nothing, things are happening. And in this international court that's in the Netherlands, a criminal charge was filed, a serious one. And here's, here's the number, OTPCR-473-21. You can look up this website, the International uh, <clears throat> Criminal Court, and there's a case there. And it was filed and the char on charges of genocide. And people like Dr. Fauci, Bill Gates, those guys are named in this. There are, I guess there are a lot of names named in this. And it was submitted and also of attacking fertility. So those are, the char those are two of the main charges in this case. And those things, they're, they're, and they're, it's verified that, that those charges, that was filed and accepted by people that were able to do that. And it will be seen. It is acknowledged that it's there. It will be seen. And it will take time. But those things are going to play out. This is the year of justice. And when we had our little meeting on... Um, New Year's Eve, just our little gathering, didn't intend to be very spiritual. I mean, just, you know, let's get together, eat, and play games. So that's not that spiritual, but it's good fellowship. And in the midst of it, uh, we were ringing those bells again that Pam has. And we're like, Pam's like, I think we should ring our bell. So we came up with some bells, and Craig had a bell on his phone. He kept doing different bells and chimes and whatever. And we would make a declaration and ding-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling, -a -ling -a -ling, okay? But it, was, it became very heartfelt like oh my gosh it was really powerful wasn't it if you were there you're like oh we're having a moment here and and we just did that we took communion we prayed we took communion and we made declarations of what we want to see and 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 people voiced all these different things it was really everyone was just awesome we're making a declaration into the year i said to kurt earlier i said i know i just keep thinking back i had no concept of this when i was younger I've been a Christian all my life, and it wasn't until the end. I mean, halfway through, I started to learn about it, and it took me towards the end here to grasp it and get into it. So I'm a late comer. But the power of declaring and the, of declaring good things and to shut off the declarations of bad things and hopeless things, just turn it off, man. Turn off the, if you've got a hose that's out of control and spraying water all the time, what do you do? You run as fast. Well, if you have toddlers, three-year-olds, et cetera, you know what, how, how, you know, this can be a problem in a, in a moment, you know? Their little hands, they move and go and turn things on. You're like hustling to shut it off. And my gosh, our declarations that we just make with such ease that are hopeless and dark and victim-oriented, like, we've got to shut that off. <coughs> Don't do it and declare 
good, good, good things. So we're declaring justice. I'm declaring justice. This was my, this was my heart that there would be justice because I see the atrocities and they grieve me on a daily basis. The more I learn, the more I'm struggling with this, but it's not good to be in the dark, but I have to have a place to put it. And this is the place to put it, to realize the Lord is interested in bringing justice and setting this right, all of this right, and that he will come. So listen how this begins to read. 82, Psalms 82, in my Passion Translation, the title of this chapter is True Justice. It says, All arise, for God now comes to judge as he convenes heaven's courtroom. He judges every, every judge and rules over every ruler, saying, How long will you judges refuse to listen to the voice of true justice and continue to corrupt what is right by judging in favor of the wrong? So we're living in this, we're probably going to have PTDS or something after, after this whole thing's over. <laughs> we're going to need counseling, all of us. Go. Because... We watched a lot of things come apart that we're like, we used to trust in this and we used to trust in that. And we used to, like, it'll be okay, you know. And now we're getting awakened. It's like, uh, they don't necessarily have our best interests in sight. I have, a, I have a personal something I want to see taken off the face of the planet. The Georgia Guidestones that are down in, in Georgia. It's a monument. And the, it's, of all the things, there's, there's some ugly, nasty things around. I could list some things that are horrible, that are monuments and, and icons and different things in our nation, not to mention them around the world. But I hate those Georgia guys. I'm like, who did this? Who wrote this insidious thing that reduces the population of the entire world? It's their guides. It's their declaration down to 500 million Now, global, I remember a year or two ago we were talking about, I remember looking at Robbie going, you know, what's the percentage? How many have to die with the world population to get it down to 500 million? I just hate that thing. But it is a true, because it's a true agenda. And it stands there written on these stones. I'm like, would someone, of all the monuments that are getting tore down right now, would someone remove that one? from the face, at least off of our nation, off of our ground. That's my secret, like, could we remove that? Let's get that thing out of there. It's bad. And, and so these are the things that are right in plain view, and they, it taunts us. And it's like, how did that ever, how did anybody even allow that to get erected? Oh, sleep, because righteous people, godly people were asleep. So we need to awaken Awaken to have a voice. Awaken to stand for righteousness. What happens when a, when a corrupt man, like the con, I've talked about this, the Constitution was designed to do what? Rest on a righteous people. Rest on a God-fearing people. When it rests on people that aren't fearing God, then it, it's bad. When a judge has, has a standard that's higher than himself, that he, he honors the Constitution, and even higher than that, he honors God, he will rule with a consciousness that is before God and not before men. Can't be bought, can't be controlled. He'll be like, no, here's the law. Here's the rules. Here's the Constitution. I have a consciousness to God. And he rules justly. But if that man is corrupt, he will take bribes. And, he will, and if he is backed up by some other systems that are also corrupt around him... They do some horrendous thing, and we're watching. It has now come into plain view, plain open sight of the atrocity. What is that? It's an absent. Unrighteous people are in these positions. And when unrighteous people, and a group of them, they can do some real damage, can't they? All of a sudden, the Constitution that we love is out the window. The law is out the window. They don't abide by anything. They are a law unto themselves. Here's the Lord saying, I'm going, to, I'm going to come and test it. I'm going to deal with this. How long will you judges refuse to listen to the voice of the true justice and continue to corrupt what is right by judging in favor of the wrong? Verse, um, 
Three, defend the defenseless, the fatherless and the forgotten, and the disenfranchised and the destitute. Your duty is to deliver the poor and the powerless. Liberate them from the grasp of the wicked. So when we learn that the Lord is doing, when we become very aware deep in our spirit that this is the truth, that the Lord is watching, that the Lord intends to remove this, then we can be at peace. I don't have to be cranked up about it. That's good news. I just need to declare, agree with the Lord because he already set this emotion. He's, he's after this. So we see it. It's like, well, the Lord's watching and he's not going to put up with that for very long. He's going he's to come and deal with that. And he does give men every opportunity to repent. But there are people that come to a place where they cross a line and they knowingly commit these atrocities. But you continue in your darkness and ignorance, in verse 5, while the foundations of society are shaken to the core. Didn't I commission you as judges, saying, you are all like gods, since you judge on my behalf? You are all like the sons of the Most High, my representatives. So Phyllis has been studying this book by um, Michael, Michael Heiser. And um, we, we've really come to embrace a lot of things that, that he's written about that. And that there are the, the uh, divine counsel. There's, there's something we've come to learn. This is more than just some angels in heaven. So they are everyone and everything's been created by God, one God. But there are other entities, this principle, principalities and powers. I'm not sure what we, we kind of come up with our definitions about what that is, but I'm not, sure, I'm not sure what they are. So I would just encourage you, just open your mind a little bit and look at this. There are several passages. Some of them haven't even been uh, um, translated very correctly. I know in Ephesians chapter 6, where it talks about the powers, you wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of, you know. That word there is, in, even in the Greek, refers to Demonic deities is the language, and the it's like demonic. So there's an acknowledgement that these are, you know, these aren't just your regular demons hanging out in Haiti or someplace. These, these are, you know, they're they're principalities, they're powers. They were created also in the likeness of God, and they have responsibility. We kind of think angels don't have a will, choice but they do. They still have a choice. The good angels, they hearken to the voice of the Lord and the voice of our declarations. Teachers have taught us, when we, you declare the word of God and you declare the will of God, you activate angels. They're like, come on, give us something to do. And we make a declaration about someone's salvation or something coming through. They're like, Whew, finally, we can go. Whoom. They wait for that. They wait for that from us. They wait for the Lord to, to give them assignments and send them. So I'm not going to belabor that too much. Just we've been opening up a whole like new world there. Verse 7, nevertheless, in death you are nothing but mere men. So whether they are the elite, whether they are leaders, whether they are government officials that are higher than accountability, whatever they are, this word applies. You're going to die like mere men. You're not going to be above death. You're not going to be above judgment. You're going to, you're going to uh, meet a judgment that <laughs> you think you're going to bypass. It's coming. Verse 7, nevertheless, in death, you are nothing but mere men. You will be laid in the ground like any prince, and you will die all rise, for God now takes his place as judge of all the earth. He did that in Ezekiel 34. He's like, he did that with the shepherds. Like, you guys, you're messing with my people. So I'm going to fire you all. You're fired. You're done. I'll be their shepherd. I'll be their God. Because all you've done is rummaged and pillaged 
and abuse them. I'm going to be their shepherd because I care about my sheep. And this goes on. Don't you know that everything and everyone belongs to him? The nations will be sifted in his hands. So I'm just declaring that the Lord is going to, he's going to sift the nations. And what's going on right now is global. It's global. It's not just here in America. It's global. I was talking to somebody, and they didn't realize this. Do you understand? There are huge... Don't let that get away from you, Jonathan. <laughs> it's bad when your phone gets legs and runs off from you. Yeah. Consecutive, weekend after weekend after weekend, there are protests all through Europe, all over the world, protesting these mandates. They took their vaccine passports and burned them on the ground because they realized what it became. They're like, whoa, no. I mean, not a couple people. And the media won't show, they won't see any. I see it all the time on my, on my channels. They're real. They're all over the place. All over, all over the world. All these countries and nations. There's, a, there's an uprising crying for justice. And so this is very, very, it's all so connected. All so connected. So turn with me to Proverbs chapter 28. Proverbs 28. So based on what the Lord has promised to do, I'm, I'm declaring that, that that is coming, that he's going to bring Justice. I don't even care about the judgment part of it, but it comes with it. But I want to see those that are oppressed, the children. The, I want to see them that are oppressed with horrendous oppressions, horrendous atro atrocities for justice to come, that they be delivered, set free. And this, they, they, they must cry day and night with the horrible things they, they suffer. So in Proverbs chapter 28, I'm going to hit a couple verses. Verse 2, a rebellious nation is thrown into chaos, but leaders anointed with wisdom will restore law and order. So here, here's some good stuff in the midst of our chaos. What, what's missing? Good leaders. And when good leaders rise and are put back in place that have wisdom, they can restore Law and order. Verse 5, justice never makes sense to men devoted to darkness. And we've seen that. It's like people confront them with the truth and confront them with the Constitution. And it's like they're just blind. Like they, they're like we're, they look at us like we're aliens. Like, really? Like, it's, everybody's like just hitting there. Like, you know, that thing where you hit your forehead and you're like... This can't be real. It can't be happening. But those tenderly devoted to the Lord can understand justice perfectly. It's like, yeah, and we do. We, we love justice. We love things being set right, don't you? We grieve whether you're at work or play, whether it's high or low. When you see injustices with your neighbors, whoever, different ethnic groups being treated unfairly, does that not grieve you? And is it not the longing of your heart that things are made right? We, have, we carry the promise in, our, in, our, in our, the word here that there's, there's, not, there's not races in the sense that who's better, that we're, we're one, that we're, God looks at all of us. We're just like we have, we have the message to bring that one. We're one in Christ that unites us. There's not Jew, there's not Greek, there's not black, there's not white, there's not yellow. Like that all gets erased in Christ. And though we maintain I'm from, that's fine. I'm from Germany. Somewhere way back with a name like Lassenheiser, you know. But I, I don't walk around like I'm German and you're not. Like I, it's, it, we, we're one. What, what makes us one truly? Jesus and redemption realizing he loves all of us equally. 
Verse 12, the triumphant joy of God's lovers releases great glory. But when the wicked rise to power, everyone goes into hiding. Isn't that the, isn't that the temptation? Hide, the more you hear out there, I want you just start to withdraw, pull back. I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want to end up in jail. I don't want to whatever. You know, it just causes us to retreat. Judy uh, Mikovich, which is, um, <clears throat> I think I'm pronouncing her name right. She is a, a doctor. She's a virologist. She's an amazing scientist. And uh, when I first heard her, she was real rough and raw talking, talking about the, the, uh, the virus and, and all of these things. And, and um, in this in term, and this has happened to several patriots, several of them, she became a believer because I watched her language change and I listened to, I'm like, you know Jesus now because first there was rough talk and you're like, um, whatever. But, you're, you know, I appreciate who you are. And she, she's just like made these changes. You see these transitions and she's not the only person. She makes a quote that I, I wrote down. It says, fear is, fear is, and I couldn't read my own writing. Fear is an immune suppressive. So he's talking about, she's talking about referring to the immune system because this is what she has studied extensively. And she said, fear is an immune suppressive second only to anger. Whoa. <laughs> Think about that. Fear is an immune suppressive second only to anger. So we're putting a lot of emphasis on uh, uh, Vitamins and you know supplements and things to stay healthy and watch over and and here think about this beware of fear it'll open you up it'll suppress your immune system and and you could be you can get sick faster from being fear having fear and immune than getting subjected to something think about that because your immune system is a mighty mighty force she she talks about it she goes man your immune system is just amazing I love listening to her. She knows what she's talking about. She's studied this extensively. Your immune we just need to get, keep your immune system healthy, and it'll just fight off all kinds of things. It's amazing. So she says, if you want to stay well, and I've heard her for a while now. She's been on this. Joy, love, hug, forget the narrative. Like, forget that fear negative. Joy, hug, love. Like, connect. Don't be afraid. Come back together. In culture, culturally, society. I heard the story of a man, he may have been a doctor. I don't know what he was. He was someone of some position, but it doesn't matter. He walked into a grocery store and a woman wearing a mask, she begins to assault him because he wasn't wearing a mask, like verbally. And instead of getting acted, uh, um, activated by her, or what, what's the right term? Triggered, triggered by her. Yeah, ding. Walks up to this woman and he hugs her. She begins to cry. He realizes she hasn't been touched for months and months. No one's held her. That even people that look antagonistic, they're separated and lonely, and this is crappy, like it's, it's bad. And if we enter into the fullness of what we believe, we can be fearless and unoffended. I'm not saying it's easy. We've got to get our act together and be the light and be the life. And we are supernatural. We don't have to act like that. We can bring something. To our culture is still, they're dying. The, the effects of the shutdown and all of these things. I mean, it's just posted every place. More people died from what we did to try to avoid the virus than the virus. It, the stuff that happened. It'll take time for that to all come out, but it will. The most dangerous thing was how we responded to it. One more passage and I'll close. The next, um, there's, a, there's, a last, there's a final verse in this chapter that's really important. When wicked, wicked, when wicked leaders rise to power, good people go into hiding. So there that is again. But when they fall from power, the godly takes their place. So 
Position yourself to step into a place of leadership, high, low, whatever. Position your place because the godly need to fill those places. For whatever reason, we've been sleeping and there were other things working against us. But godly people need to step into these positions as judges, as administrators, as government officials, as people that have morals, people that, because when that happens, what is there? There's peace. A, a foreman at a job, a, a, the owner of a, I'll, I'll hear about a, um, uh, you know, a, a, a company, factory or whatever, where people work. And if there's chaos in that, I've learned to go, it starts at the top. If there's things that are a mess and wrong, it'll, it'll be, it's in the top and it comes down through the ranks. Even if that guy's a long way off, what goes on in headquarters filters down through. And when there's not a good person up here, people are disgruntled. They're, 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 they're struggling. They're fighting against injustices. And it leaves everybody in turmoil. But when a righteous person leads that truly shows impartiality and does things with wisdom, peace starts to settle down through the, the whole company becomes more productive. Because you're so much pr more productive when, when the leadership is good and is solid and there's integrity. And, and it just, it trickles down. We have every reason. All this is about this. Don't be ashamed of who you are. And realize you're a, you're a walking answer. You don't need to go hide. You need to come forward. You are your own worst enemy. This is verse 24 of the next chapter, chapter 29. I'll read this and close. You are your own worst enemy when you partner with a thief. So I'm not going to partner with this resident president. For a curse of guilt will come upon you when you fail to report a crime. See, that's it's the beginning of how they get away with it. You see it, but you don't say anything. I think Chris Valentin had an awesome story one time, test, just telling the story. And he watched a kid at a local store steal something. And he's like, he confronted it. And as their, they, their attitude was like, well, it's not your store. What's it matter to you? <laughs> because tomorrow it may be my store. <laughs> and if everybody, you see, most of the things that people get away with, sins of all kinds, they get away with it because the people close to them know it and won't, won't confront it, won't say anything. And there's such a bad light cast on that. You're a tattletale, you're a this, you're a that. The problem is the more you allow to go, they usually, matter of fact, it emboldens them. If you have a friend, this would not be a hopefully a Christian friend, but it can be, that tells you about their sin, understand this, and they repeat it and they don't change. Understand, the more they talk about their sin to you and you don't reject them, the more emboldened they are and empowered they are. And, and I'm talking rejection of confronting them, saying, that's wrong. If you continue, our friendship's not going to go on. And I'm not talking about heathens that don't know any better. And, you know, you're a friend with them, you're out in the world. But you know the difference. The people that become friends, and they continue to do things like use wisdom, of course. But there's something, if there comes a time when you're, you're, you're emboldening them because you, you're not confronting it. You're like, oh, okay. I know you're this, I know that, I know that. Use wisdom, but understand, you have a responsibility here. Fear and intimidation is a trap that holds you back, but when you place your confidence in the Lord, you will be seated in high places. Everyone curries favor with leaders, but God is the judge and justice comes from him. The wicked hate those who live a godly life, but the righteous hate injustice wherever it's found. The righteous hate injustice wherever it's found. So be faithful with this. This It matters. And uh, closing our eyes, like, come alive, be alive, do your part. Like, they, you carry a lot of, of authority in, in different areas. It's amazing if you do it in the right way when you, you just condemn something. You don't have to be judgmental about it even. Just call it out. There's a way to do that that is, is not condemning and just gives them a, an opportunity. They become aware. 
is they, they, it continues. Someone always knows. Someone always knows more. When you have a whole network of people that are corrupt, then the judge is corrupt, the police are corrupt, the system's corrupt, this guy, you know, and so they're covered by all their corrupt friends. And it creates what we're living through and, li- and, ex- and experiencing right now. So, Father, I pray today the purpose of this message is to declare that you love justice and that you are bringing justice. That if you are bringing justice and that you love justice, then we can attach our hope into that. We can attach our faith to that, that you love justice and so that you will make what's wrong right. That you will redeem this, that you will remove and deal with the perpetrators that you will use whoever, but that you are in this and that the time has passed. It is time for these things to be exposed and come into the light and that I believe many things are. So let us be patient and let us just lift our faith to believe you will make these things right. We just need to walk, hold the line, hold our place, stand for righteousness, stand for freedom, stand for true justice so that we can see these atrocities eradicated in our culture from abortion, which has become very accepted, and we've, we've let down our stand against that. We just denounce the whole thing of abortion, abortion, and we just ask you in Jesus' name that you will uh, be with. We just declare this as this gets finalized in the Supreme Court, wherever that, wherever that particular case is, that you will give a victory to life and the protection of the unborn. So, Father, let us find our voice, find our uh, integrity, and stand in these things with confidence and clarity and be unmoved and watch and let you do the work. We just thank you for keeping us. We thank you for blessing us. We just look forward to this year that is coming to see all that you do. We behold your deliverance and your salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yay, thank you.